You're listening to the MoneyWeb Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live streamed every weekday at 6.30 a.m. Very good morning. It's Wednesday, the 22nd of November. On this day, that is this morning, ESCOM has issued this statement. Due to insufficient emergency reserves and generation capacity as a result of four units not returning to service as planned, Stage 4 load shedding was implemented this morning at 2.31 a.m. until further notice. ESCOM will monitor the system and communicate should any significant changes occur. I'm Nompumelelo Siziba, standing in for Simon Brown, coming to you live from the MoneyWeb Global Headquarters in Johannesburg. On the show today, Chantel Marks of FNB Wealth and Investments speculates on the MPC's rate call tomorrow and more. African Bank registered an increase in profits in its recent results. Its new CFO, Anabanchetti, takes us behind the scenes. And uh, we speak to a major wind and solar player, Mainstream Renewable Power, on its latest announcement on financial close on a 97.5 megawatt solar PV farm with energy offtake agreements with Sassel and Air Liquide. This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. In your morning headlines in MoneyWeb, politics at play slow down. Our savings are at risk here. Business Day, finance MPs defy Treasury's advice on the two-pot retirement system. In your morning markets, the S&P 500 Ended up 0.7% and the Nasdaq closed the session up 1.13% yesterday. Uh, Commodities on the commodities front, uh, gold trading currently at $1,996 an ounce. Brent crude oil, 82.36. Platinum, 931.45 an ounce. Palladium, 1,063.48 cents an ounce. The rand is trading at around 18.61 against the US dollar. Bitcoin is down, trading at around 36,349. In terms of 10 cent, we see that uh, at last check, trading around a quarter of a percent up at around $325 a share. Your top 40 opening call, we see that opening up at around 177 points higher, which translates to around a quarter of a percent in the green. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. All right, so we kick off uh, the show with our markets chat with Chantel Marks, the head of research at F&B Wealth, Wealth and Investments. Thanks very much, Chantel, for joining us this morning. So what's been your reading of the market uh, market sentiment in November so far? Market sentiment has been uh, a little bit more positive than what we saw in October, at least. But it's been very volatile and very, uh, very, very skittish, I would say, result in the market moving up significantly and then one bad print would have the the opposite big impact yeah so what's your bet for tomorrow's mpc so for the mpc we expect them to keep rates on hold we've seen most major central banks keep rates on hold as, as well as inflation continues to to come lower um but we think it's going to be a another hawkish hold, meaning that they're not going to talk about any cuts. They're going to say that the threats to inflation is still to the upside. A lot a lot, a lot lies on pricing action in between those uh, those NPC meeting dates, as well as the, the RAND exchange rate, which remains quite volatile. Hmm. 
So what was the story with Sibanya yesterday? The stock plunged by over 20%, seemingly brought on by its announcement around some financial instruments that it's tinkering with. Please explain a little bit and why the market didn't like it. Yes, it was really interesting. I think it just surprised the market. Um, Sibanya opted to issue convertible bonds. Um, and convertible bonds are something between uh, equities, normal stock, and debt. Um, it's like debt because it does pay interest. It usually pays a lower in- interest than a vanilla debt instrument. And it's like equity in the sense that you can convert the bond at some point to equity. So you can literally end up owning equity in the company. Uh, but that would be dilutive to ordinary shareholders. So we would have expected a, a big market reaction to the downside, but this market reaction was quite severe. Um, and it led to a lot of speculation over over why the share was being sold off so much. Um, some traders state that it could be a hedging strategy from, from some of the guys who actually bought convertible bonds. Um, and others said that it was just kind of a herd effect. The share price dropped and you started seeing a lot of selling price pressure. But either way, it was probably a little bit overdone. Yeah, it does sound like it was overdone. Fundamentally, is it worth, you know, popping in there now that it's at a lower value? So it certainly looks more interesting to me. Um, I'm not personally a massive fan of Sabania. I think that the, the the exposure to very marginal gold and platinum um, can can stand you in good stead when prices are high. Um, but it can be a massive drag when when pricing is under pressure as it is right now. Um, I do like the fact that they're expanding into kind of future metals and the the battery metals uh, space. But that could take some time to materialize, and there is some execution risk there. Um, At these levels, I do think that it compensates you for quite a bit of risk in there, uh, but I won't bet the the house on a stock like (laughs) Sibania in any event. And then Telcom, it was the top performer yesterday after releasing their results, up over 7% on the day. Was there some sort of amazing revelation in their results? What's your reading of that stock? So the the results were okay. I think the major revelation was that they are actually now in, in renewed talks to sell Swift which is their, their towers and masts business. Um, and with, with Telcom, the value in the company really lies in its massive asset base. Um, and the fact that they are starting to monetize that asset base could result in a really nice valuation uplift. Um, and I think that that's why the market responded so positively to, to that announcement as well as the, the results. Uh, we see them shifting um, towards new gen technologies. And I think that they are... Um, they're really moving towards trying to realize value from the asset base and the portfolio generally. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's still quite well well below its, its previous highs. Um, but, yeah, at least this is something for suffering shareholders. Mm, indeed. Chantel, always a great pleasure speaking to you. That was Chantel Marks, Head of Research at F&B Wealth and Investments. When you stay invested over time in Stanlib's Global Multi-Strategy Diversified Growth Fund, your money's in for some smooth sailing. With our global partners, J.P. Morgan Asset Management at the helm, your money can withstand the pressure and bad weather day-to-day market conditions cause. All aboard? Seek more returns at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on The Money. 
African Bank released its annual results yesterday, reporting that its customer base had grown to 3.97 million in the year ended September 2023. The bank reported having returned to profitability, but the bank also noted that its credit impairment charges on loans and advances had risen dramatically to 3.26 billion rand in the period under review. I'm joined on the line by Anaban Chetty. He's the CFO at African Bank. Thank you very much, Mr. Chetty, for joining us. So your results show that you registered profit after tax of 549 million rand from a loss of 44 million rand in the first half of the year. What do you attribute to this positive development? Number first, thank you so much for having me on the show and thanks for a great introduction, African Bank. I think that's exactly it. We had a very, very strong second half of the year coming in just over half a billion of profit. That's really been managed by our credit risk policies, we've tightened our granting, we've improved our collections, we've tightened the belt on our operating expenses in the second year, second half of the year, as we've seen our consumers under pressure. We've also focused on where we could invest on. As you know, we've gone through quite a bit of an acquisition strategy in terms of acquiring Grinrod Bank last year, as well as acquiring the assets of the and liabilities of Ubank. All those have just put us set us up for a much better second half of the year and that's what resulted in in the profit of uh, half a billion. Yeah. So, of course, you've touched on a number of facets. Um, and one of the issues is obviously the credit impairment charges being on the rise, reaching over three billion rand. And, of course, you're not the yes. first bank to point this out. Uh, you've indicated that you've got tighter in terms of your credit lending criteria. But what about those clients that you already have in the system who are not managing so well? Uh, you know, how are you dealing with that situation? Yes. So, from that perspective, what we're really focusing on from in terms of our consumer banking collections team, we're putting in lots of strategies because we realize consumers are under distress. And that's just due to the economy that we're in. But we want to support them through this in terms of coming up with appropriate treatments, coming up to help them in terms of either reducing repayments for a while while they just have while life happens or in terms of coming up with stuff that can really help them through the distress so that we can rehabilitate them in the future. That helps the client in the future and helps the bank as well. So a key focus in terms of assisting our clients through these tougher periods, those are in our, that, that's currently in our book currently. Yeah, you touched on uh, the acquisition of Greenrod Bank and uh, the assets and liabilities of Ubank. Uh, to what extent has that strategy paid off in terms of bringing on more entrepreneurs and small businesses onto your books? I think that's been fantastic for ourselves. As we, since we've got into our strategy of looking back to our history, since KGB has come in, we really focus on our legacy. And the legacy of 50 years ago, where our founders were focusing on entrepreneurs. We focused on should we build, should we buy, should we partner. We're fortunate that Grindrod was available. That has really set us up by acquiring Grindrod, giving us 20,000 business banking clients. And we plan, plan to expand on that as well. My colleagues, really, the CEO of Business Banking, also spoke about coming out with a business transactional account. So currently, our business banking was quite focused on just lending. But now we want to partner with the entrepreneurs in giving them a transactional account. And we're also looking at in terms of, we speak about a pyramid, in terms of going down the pyramid to the entrepreneurs that are really starting up. We believe there's a big economy there that's currently been underserved and that we want to assist them and partner with them as they build their business businesses up as well. Yeah, I'll probably elicit a very short answer, but when will African Bank consider listing on the local boss? Yes, I mean, KGB mentioned that yesterday as well. The, the focus is still on 25, so we're still looking in between the next two years. That is the plan. 
given the only thing given market conditions if market conditions stay the way we can manage them and there's no surprises the plan is to be listed within the next two years Awesome. Thank you so much for your time uh, this morning. That was Anaban Chetty. He's the newly appointed CFO at African Bank. Your money knows it's not just about the money. It's about your returns returning the favour and empowering people. Your money can do more to change the narrative. Beyond delivering consistent returns, investing in the Stanlib Kanisa Impact Investment Fund can help eradicate poverty and protect the environment. Invest for more impact at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorised financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on the money. Global wind and solar company Mainstream Renewable Power has signed 20-year power purchase agreements with Sasol and Air Liquid in relation to a 97.5 megawatt solar PV farm, which it has just reached financial close on. It's set to build the facility imminently in Secunda in the Free State Province. I'm joined by Hayne Renneker. He's the General Manager for Africa at Mainstream. Thank you very much, sir, for joining us. So there's cause for celebration. You've reached financial close on this 97.5 megawatt solar PV farm. What does this mean exactly and what hoops did you have to go through to get here? Good morning, Nompu, and thank you for the opportunity. Um, yeah, we, we as a team in South Africa are ecstatic about this achievement. Um, it's been a very long journey to get to this point. Uh, financial close effectively means we can um, raise the capital from our debt providers and from equity and uh, so cash would be in a bank and we can start construction. Um, in order to achieve financial close, uh, we need to prove to the lenders and our equity partners that this project is ready to go. We can start construction. We've achieved uh, all the required permitting that's in place, all the legal rights are in place. Um, being to build a project like this takes around about 50 permits and env- environmental approvals, ranging from agricult- agricultural consents um, down to mining rights, down to using water on site. Um, zoning approvals, environmental approvals, land rights, contractor rights. Um, so it's a very long, tedious process uh, to get to this point. Um, and what made this one particularly difficult is that it's just one of the first private market projects um, in South Africa. So there's a lot of unknowns still mm. um, that we need to resolve. And uh, we're quite happy to have achieved that now and, and uh, looking forward to starting construction in the next weeks. Great stuff. So how much does it cost to build a solar farm, a solar PV farm of this size? Uh, you indicated you're going to beginning, uh, be beginning uh, construction next week. Just give us uh, the time and also uh, when are you expected to complete the construction? So yeah, we'll start in the next weeks. Uh, next week may be, may be a bit too early for us. Um, so we plan to finish construction by mid-2025. Um, so uh, a big component of this uh, construction activities is building the grid connection for ESCOM, which we built and then transferred to ESCOM to own and operate. Um, the, the total capex for this project is around about a 2 billion rand mark. Hmm. Um, so it's it's capital incentive uh, and uh, it's a yeah, lot of players involved. Yeah. So you have an offtake agreement with Sasol and Air Liquid for 20 years. Uh, with the 97.5 megawatt uh, that the solar farm will generate, how will it be transmitted to the company's operations? How much of these companies' energy needs will cover this? And presumably, this is a big deal, of course, for the likes of Sasol, because, of course, it's under um, the microscope in terms of its carbon footprint. 
So we would we would connect uh, the project directly to ESCOM's national grid, um, and ESCOM will wheel the energy to the Sukuna operations of Eliquid and Sasol. So uh, ESCOM is a service provider to the project, and the project would pay for that right to transfer energy across across the grid. Um, so ESCOM and, and Sasol uh, has got a target of 30% carbon reduction by 2030. Mm. Um, and uh, they, uh, this is the start of that process for them. So it covers a, a portion of their energy needs at that specific location. Um, but they, through this program, there's uh, many more capacity to come. Mm. So in two minutes, given that much of the inputs into a solar PV farm would largely be imported from places like China, what are some of the local direct and indirect socioeconomic economic benefits that will come in the construction phase of the build project? Um, so during the construction phase of the project, um, firstly, the project is 51% owned by black South Africans, um, of which a smaller portion of that is a broad-based uh, community structure. Um, there's around about 400 jobs that we will create during construction direct for the community. Um, and there's obviously a lot of uh, wider, far di- indirect impacts for the South African economy. Um, and uh, the, the two and a half percent of the of the project's revenue would be, be spent directly into the community through socio-economic developments, um, and yeah, it's true that a lot of uh, components are important from from places like China. But we need to also consider what is the value of a kilowatt hour in South Africa this moment in time, and how much jobs we can create to that. Um, so to to uh, directly address the energy shortages we've got in the country um, makes a big leap forward in terms of job creation in itself as well. Yeah. Interesting, when I was reading, I saw that you already do have uh, relations, other supply agreements with Sasol and Air Liquid for their other plants. Uh, we're not directly involved in that, but uh, Sasol has uh, uh, concluded a, a wind project earlier this year calling Nsenge um, through another party. And uh, that project's in construction now as well at this moment in time. Okay. And how much do you actually deliver in the South African market? So Maintream has entered the market in 2009. Um, we have delivered 850 megawatts of wind and solar through the government program. This is our first private sector program. Um, so we are we close to the gigawatt mark um, and plenty more to come. All right, super. Thank you very much, Hayne, for your time and giving us some insights around uh, your financial close and the construction of the new PV farm. Uh, that was Hayne Renneker. He's the general manager for Africa at Mainstream Renewable Power. Well, that's a wrap for today. Wishing you a great day further. This show was brought to you uh, by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorised financial services provider. MoneyWeb Now is live every weekday morning on the MoneyWeb website and app at 6.30am and podcast just after 7am. I want to give thanks to the MoneyWeb team, to you for listening and our guests for their time. I'm Nompumela Losiziba and I've been standing in for Simon Brown. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast posted every weekday at 7am on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now on the money.